And we are live. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh Fit Podcast. We're here with the legend himself, Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Let's get into it, baby. Let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? This is a big show today, man. So quick announcement before we get right into it, man. Patreon.com slash FreshFit, guys. We got a couple spots open on there at the 100 and the $200 tier. I think we have like maybe one or two left. Yep. Uh, go ahead, get in there, guys. We talk about real estate, making money, getting girls, getting in shape, and just becoming a better man overall. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about money. And I, last week, guys, we had uh, some sound problems because we had just upgraded a bunch of equipment in the studio. Yep. But uh, shout out to Trey being able to figure it out yesterday. And now we are good, man. Uh, we are here with the legend himself, Robert Kiyosaki. If you guys don't know who this is, this is the author of the legendary book, Rich Dad, Poor, Poor Dad, Dad, which I read and I thought was one of the best reads. And, you know, obviously now I'm a real estate investor. Thanks to this man right here. So, uh, Robert, can you introduce – we know who you are, obviously, but introduce yourself to the people. Well, first of all, you guys, it's, uh, I'm glad we're finally connected. And we saw you in Miami on June 11th. Yep, a lot has happened since then. But anyway, <laughs> congratulations and all your success and all that, and I'm great we're on this program. Uh, the story of Rich Dad Poor Dad, I'm, you know, obviously Japanese. I'm fourth generation. That means I don't speak Japanese, and uh, I, I'm from Hawaii. My poor dad was the head of education for the state of Hawaii. Very smart guy, for Japanese, fairly tall, six foot three. Oh well, wow. and uh, a really smart man. He was. He graduated from University of Hawaii in two years and then went on to Stanford, University of Chicago, and Northwestern. And he ultimately was awarded his PhD. He's a very smart man, but he's my poor dad because, as you know, most school teachers know nothing about money, and our schools teach us nothing about money. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in the fourth grade, nine years old, uh, we our family moved across town, a little town called Hilo, Hawaii. It's the deep south. It's a city. It's even further south than Miami, mm. and because Hilo is nineteen point five degrees north latitude. So we moved across town, little sugar plantation town, pretty sleepy, always wet, and we moved from kind of the poor part of town to the less poor part of town. They're still poor, and for some reason, I went to a school that both elementary schools were across the street. Mm-hmm. But if you were on one side, on the other side, you went to this school and you went to this other school. So the school I went to, not by my father's any, my father didn't mess around with it, even though it was head of education. I went to the rich kids school. Mm. So the school was called Riverside School. And across, directly across the street, man, you could, you could throw, you know, a football and hit the other school. <clears throat> it was called Union School. And Union School is for all the labor union, mm. the plantation workers. So you get the drift. On one side of the street, 
the immigrants, the uh, guys who work for the plantation. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the street, the guys who own the plantation. Well, wow. So I'm nine years old, and I go across the street, and most of my classmates were white guys, good guys, you know, rich as hell and all this. They own the plantations, they own the car dealerships, they own the ranches, they own all this. And the other guys were Chinese in the class, and the Chinese are always rich. So... <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm the poor kid in the class. And I, as I'm nine years old, I ask myself, well, how come some people are rich and some people are poor? And that's when my, I, I asked my school teacher, Mrs. Baptiste, I said, uh, when are we going to learn about money at school? And she gave me that religious bullshit. Mm-hmm. The love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. And I said to her, I said, well, maybe evil to you, but I'd like to have some. <laughs> And she goes, well, we don't teach money at school. And so I started pestering her. She says, well, your father's a head, your father's my boss. That's poor dad. Ask him. So I go home and I ask the old man. I said, how come we don't learn about money at school? He goes, because the government won't let us teach it. I, you know, I'm a kid. I'm going, why? And he said, well, we're, we're supposed to teach you how to get a job. But don't we get a job to work for money? Let's, mm-hmm. let's short... Why don't we short, you know, shortcut the step a little bit? Let's get to the money part. And that's how it kind of started. So he said to me, why don't you ask your best friend's father? And that was Mike and the rich dad, poor dad. And Mike's father was the rich dad. And I said, why, do I, why would rich dad or why did Mike's father know about money? And my poor dad said to me, he says, because Mike's father's an entrepreneur. Mm. And you're nine years old. I'm going, que pasa? <laughs> what's an yeah, what is that? You know, what's happening, man? He says, well, I, he says, and I said, what are you, dad? He says, I'm an employee. I said, well, how do I become an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't, don't want to be like you. I want to be a rich guy. Mm-hmm. And that's how the whole story started. So at nine years old, I, I started working for my rich dad for free because he wouldn't pay me. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't pay me. He says, because if I pay you, you'll think like an employee. Mm-hmm. And that was the start, man. He says, entrepreneurs work for free. You don't want a paycheck. You don't want social security. You don't want that. So that was a whole story of rich dad, poor dad. And um, the way my rich dad <clears throat> taught me about money or his son and me was we had to work for free for about an hour after school. And then he'd play Monopoly with us. And I said, well, why are we playing Monopoly? He says, well, you want to learn about money, didn't you? He said, yeah. And he says, well, on this, he said, there's a million ways to get rich. There's, you know, there's a million ways to financial heaven and there's a billion ways to financial hell. Most people go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so he I says, so what's the, what's this formula here? He says, well, Monopoly is one of the best formulas of all is four green houses, 1031 tax deferred exchange, red hotel. I said, what? Hmm. I said, what if I play Monopoly in real life, I can get rich? He goes, yeah. He says, what do you think I'm doing? And then he showed me and his son, his four green houses. And then 10 years later, when I was 19, he owned this big red hotel, smack dead in Waikiki Beach. <clears throat> Today it's called the Hyatt Regency. He just sold it for a hundred million bucks. Wow. Whoa, there's one right here too. Yeah, there's one right next door to us. Yeah. So anyway, that's but he, he didn't own the hotel; he owned the land. Ah, that's the difference in there. Yeah. Okay. 
So anyway, so that kind of messed me up. And um, from there, I went to school in New York, went to military school, which was the best thing I could have ever done because I was really messed. I lacked discipline. Mm -hmm. I was a which military school did you go to? Uh, U.S. Merch Marine Academy, okay. King's Point. Okay. The highest paid graduates in the world. I mean, they're still the highest paid graduates in the world. <laughs> 1969, my classmates were making 120000 a year. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the what year that they were making that kind of money? 69. $120,000 a year and Bro. 69 is the equivalent to what? Maybe like 300 grand now, maybe more. Oh, probably a million today. Million million today. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, yeah. but the thing, this is the problem was I had a, I had an uh, English teacher who was a West Point graduate. See, there's mm -hmm. five academies, West Point, Kings Point, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy and Coast Guard. So I mm -hmm. chose West Point because of high, high pay. Mm -hmm. But my instructor was a West Point graduate. He flew B-17s in World War II, got shot down twice. Mm -hmm. So here I'm 18 years old listening to this guy, and I see this look in his eye. And I said, so after he was shot down, captured once, all this stuff, he escaped once. He went to Harvard and became a professor. Mm -hmm. So I'm 18 years old listening to this guy. So in 1969, I graduated. I got this high-paying job working in San Francisco. But that guy got to me. Mm -hmm. So I go talk to my English teacher and I said, you know, I'm a success. I'm 21 years old. I didn't make the 120K. I made, I made 47.5 a year, but I only had to work seven months a year. I was sailing oil tankers. I drove oil tankers with Standard Oil. And I looked at him. I said, you know, I'm successful. 21 years old, making 47.5 a year. Back then, people were making at, at the best 20,000. Hmm. My father was making 19,000. Wow, you're dead. You know, that's how that's how low the pay skills were back then. And I look at my I look at my English teacher and I go, so tell me what it's like to fly a B-17. He smiled. And he says, best experience of my life. So what was it like to get shot down? He says, second best experience of my life. Oh. So I'm sitting there, you know, you know, when you're when you're not well, I was 21, you're 21 or 22, and you go, holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. So in 69, the Vietnam War was still on. Mm -hmm. You know, so I go, well, high-paying job, yep. career for life. I probably turn out to be this big, fat guy driving a ship, be ship's captain someday, mm -hmm. get married, nine kids, you know, that shit. <laughs> or I can go fly in Vietnam. So I quit Standard Oil, joined the Marine Corps, and was in Vietnam two years later. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whoa. Can you tell us about that? What it was like, you know, you sort of started uh, it, being, it was exactly, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, that look in the eye. Mm -hmm. It was the best decision of my life. I joined the U.S. Marine Corps, which proves I'm not the smartest guy on earth. <laughs> and I go to uh, Pen uh, Pensacola, Florida, two years there, one year at Pendleton, onto an aircraft carrier in Vietnam. I went down three times. Whoa. I tell you what, guys, and I say, what, what was the best education of your life? It was U.S. Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. I learned more about self-discipline, teamwork, uh, trust, loyalty, honor, dignity. You know, stuff they don't teach you in school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they don't. They definitely don't teach you that in school. They teach you no. algebra and a bunch of other useless uh, topics as well. Yeah. 
Um, real quick, I'll read these donations, then we'll continue on uh, with, with it because this is this is a fantastic story, and I think everyone needs to hear this about your you know your origin story of how you came to become you know uh, the wildly successful entrepreneur that you are today. Uh, so real fast, and thank you guys so much for the support here. We got uh, Gazy. 279, thank you so much. Wayne, $100. Had to catch the replay on this one. Props to FNF and Robert uh, Kiyosaki. Thank, thank you, you bro. so much, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, Philip, uh, with her. Hey, Robert, love your work. As a fellow Asian myself, how was dating for you before getting married? I'm 27 and a body, this guy, a body count of 11. Uh, don't worry about it, Phil. We, we'll talk about, um, you know, his, his um, you know, his life as well. We're going on without the origin story. Greetings from Markesh uh, to FNF and Mr. Kiyosaki. Currently learning how to make smart contacts. Uh, contracts is it a good strategy to use my blockchain skills to earn money first later invest in real estate you'll see here in a second and then gazy thank you so much for the donations for 279 279 and then uh, ice srt isk kr3000 shout out from iceland shout out to iceland man we got a bunch of people watching all over the world all over and then uh native arraign fire content peace to mr robert uh k uh city boys we out here thank you so much guys (laughs) and guys like the video by the way i don't want to stop the interview to um you know too much uh, Josh Miso Ten R's. My dad made me read Rich Dad Poor Dad as a twelve-year-old, and I'm glad he did. You helped me find myself. Now I'm I own advanced vending business, financial practice, and purchase as assets that cash flow. There you go. Good stuff for you, Josh. Your dad set you up to win early. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you were so you're in Vietnam. You're serving. Uh, so you you uh, you enlisted in the military. You you enlisted, right? You didn't go in as an officer. No, I was, I was commissioned. You were commissioned. Oh, oh yeah, because you went through the military uh, through yeah. college, and then you uh, so you went in. And uh, you start, so you, two years in, and then they send you to Vietnam. What was that like? Well, again, it was like, I cannot explain that to you. It's when your life changes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you make. You always make those decisions. Like, I, I'm very happy that young man talked about his father giving him the book. And he could either, you know, do what he does. But you, you make these decisions in your life, and your life changes. Mm-hmm. So here I was in, at uh, 1969. My life was made. I was set for life. Mm-hmm. High paying job with Standard Oil. My father was proud of me, you know, all that crap. Mm-hmm. And then so I was going to work out of San Francisco. I was probably get married and have kids and get fat. <laughs> and uh, somehow that didn't sound very exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good choice. Lead into it. And yeah. I said, and he says, you might die. And I said, I might live. So I flew the helicopter gunship in Vietnam, which was the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect aircraft for me. You know, I mean, I, I freaking loved it. It was the most feared weapon. It was a Viet Cong's most feared weapon because when we rolled in, we went eye to eye with them. Mm. And I'm not recommending it, but if you're going to go to a war, you want to see fear in the other guy's eyes, not your eyes. <laughs> of course, yeah. Of course, you got to... You got to let them know that, hey, we're the big dogs here. And, 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 you know, obviously that was a controversial time. You know, a lot of people defected and ran to Canada and, you know, didn't want to serve. And, you know, yeah. there was a draft. Um, so, no, man, thank you for your service. Obviously, th- th- that was a diff- very difficult time. You know, and then even when the soldiers came back, what was it like coming back to, you know, obviously it was a split country at that point. Some people were for it. Some people were against it. Some people, you know. What's up, guys? Myron Gaines here, one half of the Fresh Fit podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, guys, Anchor is totally free. You don't need to spend your own money. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
you know, called the soldiers terrible things when they returned. What was that like coming back? Well, I'll tell you the story. Was we were taxiing into Norton Air Force Base, January 3rd, 1973. The reason I know that date because every, every, every person going over there knows the day they get back, if they come oh. back. And as we're taxiing in, the captain of the plane said, he says, ladies and I mean, there's only women, men at the time. He says, gentlemen, America has changed. And we didn't really didn't we didn't really know what he meant, but when we pulled up near the near the ramp at Norton Air Force Base, there was thousands of anti-war protesters. There was no welcome home. Yeah. It was fuck you. Yeah. Wow. And then we come out and the guy says, as soon as you get into this air base into the uh, hangar, not the you know, the military terminal. He says, change into civilian clothes and disappear as fast as you can. Welcome home. Wow. So my guys and I, we run in, we change, we got, we got hit by eggs and spit on. And oh, it was horrible. All these hippies, you know, all these flower children from Woodstock and love yeah. and happiness. They're vicious little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and where did where did they when you came back, where, where'd you come in through what city? Oh, uh, Norton Air Force Base is north of San Francisco. North of San Francisco. Okay. And I yeah. went straight to I went straight to the airport and caught a commercial to Hawaii and went home. Mm-hmm. And again, there was no welcome home. It was uh fuck you. Yeah. Damn. It was so, tough. It was tough, you know. I mean it was character building. So now this you said it's nineteen seventy one, right? At this point? Yeah. Well, it's not 72, 70, 72, 73, so you're back in Hawaii, 1973, fresh out the military. What's the next move? Well, I, I still have another year. So I flew out of Marine Corps air, air station, Kaneohe, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the time I had to make another change in life. And, you know, you guys are really young, but you'll probably come to several of those times in your life is when you take the road, to the left or the road to the right, you know? Mm-hmm. So I go to my poor dad and I ask my poor dad, so I'm going to get out. What do you recommend I do? And of course, what does he say? Same old thing he told me before. He says, you should fly for United Airlines, go back to school, get your master's and get your PhD. Mm-hmm. You know, become this fat airline pilot instead of a fat ship's officer. <laughs> and then I asked my rich dad, I said, what should I do? He says, um, I'll, I'll just show the diagram really quickly. Sure. You got it's a, it's a second book of Rich Dad Poor Dad. You guys are about to get some game right now, man. The legend oh. itself. <laughs> it's on the receipts. Yeah. Get your pen and papers out, guys. I got mine out here right now. Okay, so I was real set. This is the picture. Mm-hmm. So this is book number two, the cash flow quadrant. Mm-hmm. And it's E stands for employee. S stands for small business self-employed or a specialist, like mm-hmm. a doctor or a lawyer. And B stands for a big business, 500 employees or more. Mm-hmm. And I stands for inside mm-hmm. investor. See, mm-hmm. these guys invest, but they generally invest in like 401k, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, that stuff. So on the other side here, you know, look, think about it this way. You know, all of us could make a hamburger. All of us could operate, you know, make, make, build a hamburger stand and survive. Mm-hmm. But very few of us could build McDonald's. Yeah, right. 
So it's basically what you guys always talk about. It's your mindset. And so here I am, I'm now, now about 27 years old, I forget how old I am. And my poor dad wants me to stay over here, fly for the airlines, and I probably make probably 400000 a year. And then go back and get my master's, get my PhD. I don't know for what. Pilots don't need PhDs. Yeah. <laughs> but that was in the Japanese mindset, you know, the higher your college degree, the smarter you were. Mm-hmm. And my rich dad says over here, he says... This is where he is, and this is where he is. So this is poor dad, and this is rich dad. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. We could pass on the lesson to all your viewers here. In life, you'll come up to these moments in time that you'll your life will change. Your life will change. So it's the same as when I was talking to my instructor at King's Point, the Merch Meet Academy. I could take in the job with um, <clears throat> Standard Oil and done well. Mm-hmm. Or I could fly in Vietnam. So when I came back from Vietnam, here's poor dad. Mm-hmm. And this is rich dad. Yeah. But the difference is the skills are different. The mindset is different. The education is different. So what happened when I, so I'm sitting there listening to both men. I'm in the Marine Corps. I got one more year to go. And I went and I, I did, I followed with my rich dad. My poor dad recommended. I went and took, the, I got in the MBA program at the University of Hawaii. And I was sound asleep. <laughs> it was the most boring thing I've ever been through. You know, and I'm plus I'm, I'm in there with a military uniform. I'm getting spit on at school. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it wasn't very pleasant. So, um, <clears throat> so at that point, I knew I was going to come over here. So this is where the road forks again. So instead of flying for United Airlines, when I talked to my rich dad, I said, well, what's the number one skill on this side? The skills are different. You know, like you're going to be a doctor. The doctor skills are different than these guys' skills. Mm-hmm. So the basic skill on this side, according to my rich dad, was you have to sell. Mm-hmm. You cannot be an entrepreneur if you cannot sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that scared the crap out of me because, um, you know, I'm Japanese. I'm really, I'm really a shy person. Mm-hmm. And my rich dad looked at me and he says, you're shy, huh? Big fucking deal. What are you going to do about it? I said, well, you know, I just don't, you know, I just, I just like, don't like rejection. I don't like this. And I don't like that. And I could kill people, but I couldn't talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) So my rich dad's pressuring me. He says, I said, I don't want to sell because of my poor dad's side, you know, the Japanese side, salesmen are scum, salesmen are crooks, salesmen are con men. And on this side, sales, you have to have the ability to sell. Can you handle rejection? Mm-hmm. Can you somebody say no to you? And can you come back? And I didn't want to do that. I'm a very shy person. So he says that shyness is killing you. Mm-hmm. It's emotion, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So then he says to me, he says, finally, this is where you guys would fit in. He says, how's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, terrible. <laughs> he says, because you can't sell. <laughs> and he says he says i promise you if you learn how to sell you get laid more i said i'm done i'm in <laughs> yeah yeah no so uh, work dating is definitely uh definitely sales you know what i'm saying on high stake sales is basically what dating it translates really into so many parts of your yeah, life but it does it's translate funny. into other things yeah if if you can't let a, a young if, you know how how women will shoot you down 
or what or what Rollo and those guys should they'll shit test you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. If you can't put up with that, you're not going to make it, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's no difference. But this is an interesting thing is I joined Xerox Corporation and I met my best friend there. And tomorrow mm-hmm. I fly to he, he lives in Hollywood. And he and I were best friends since 1974. He just sold this business two years ago for a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. You know, but that's what happens when you learn how to sell. Yep. And Xerox had fantastic sales training. So one of the reasons, well, you know, Trump and I are friends. I know people hate the guy, but Trump's a good man. Mm-hmm. And Trump's, Trump and I got together, and when we, we used to speak, we used to speak at huge stages like Javits Center and Moscone Center. And we'd always recommend people join network marketing. Mm. Yep. If you join network marketing, you'll go through your fear. Mm-hmm. that if you can't handle rejection, you're not going to make it in life. Yeah. You know, if you can't handle rejection, you don't get the good women. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> numbers game. You got it's a numbers game, so you got to be able to do it. How, how long have you known um, uh, uh, Donald Trump? How long have you guys been friends? About two thousand. Wow. So, so you, you've known him. For, you guys have been friends for over over twenty yeah, we years. Wrote, we wrote two books together. His sons and I are really good friends. Mm. They're really a good family. I know them personally, and I've been mm. in his sons and I. We, we've we've um, his sons and I. We go hunting. We're hunters. Mm. And we've spent, you know, a week at a time living on the beach, no watering water, no toilets, no food. Mm-hmm. And you get to know guys pretty well when you're sitting there stinky and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, we had to shoot what we eat or catch what we ate. And they're strong young men, just really, really good young men. I'm, I'm, I still can, you know, I still call them. They're just great guys. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the point here, it, they really fit your podcast. You know what I mean? You've got to be, if you're going to be successful, you, you better be a strong man. And that's what the Marine Corps taught me. That's what Xerox taught me. And that's what taught, you know, failure taught me. I, I lost so many businesses failing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm successful today is because I failed. Yeah. Period. Fall down three times. Stand up four. Hmm? No, I said stand, fall down three times, stand up four, right? What's that now? No, I said uh, fall down three times, stand up four. Yeah. Well, I wish it was only that many times. Yeah. <laughs> I just picked a random number. I, but, I, uh, I, I'm the biggest screw up I know. You know? So um, so you worked for Xerox. How long did you do that sales job for? What was that? How, how long were you with, with Xerox, Xerox doing sales? Four years. Four years with them. And, and, and that best friend, his name was Larry. He and I went, he, he became number one in uh, office products. I became number one in uh, copiers. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a secret here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he taught me something very, very smart. Young guy. I mean, we're, we're both young at the time. He used to be a Mormon missionary. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And, and they said, he, 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 he's, the reason I'm in Arizona is he's from Arizona. And they, the Mormon church sent him to Northern Ireland to sell Catholics Mormonism. Mm. So he's in Northern Ireland. You know, I'm getting shot in Vietnam. He's getting shot in Northern Ireland by rubber bullets. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so we come back. We're both getting hired about the same time at Xerox. This is 1974. <clears throat> and, and the sales manager says to me, he says, what makes you think you can sell? He says, you don't have a master's degree. Everybody should have a master's degree. Really? 
Yeah, I looked at this hill. But yeah, they got a shit test here too, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. They want to find out if you can come back at them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he pissed me off. I said, so you, I didn't say you fucking asshole, but I wanted to say you fucking asshole. <laughs> so I've just been driving a helicopter gunship against machine gun nest and all this. You know, I've been shot down, all this stuff. If I can fly a helicopter against a machine gun nest, I can sell a Xerox machine. Yeah. You see, you're <laughs> you see they shit test you too in real life. Yeah. And that's that- what you guys are teaching too. Yeah, I feel like everyone does at some point get shit tested, yeah. either th- for your employer, your family, your friends, especially girls. So it's a part of life. But definitely, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let me tell you, let me tell you what my my best friend did. Like, I'm going to see him tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He says, "What makes?" He says, "He doesn't even have a college degree." You know, he flunked out of BYU. And he says, "What makes you think think you can sell?" He looks at the salesman and says, look here, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I've just been in Northern Ireland selling Mormonism to Catholics. I have the highest conversion rate in the history of the Mormon church, taking Catholics and turning them into Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> he says, if I can sell Jesus, I can sell anything. Yeah. Guys, you're hired. Wow. And to, like to, two years ago, he sold his business for $2 billion. Fantastic. So it's the number one skill. And if I could just leave you with that thought over again, this is one of the reasons I want to come on your program is because you guys are actually teaching this side. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's more the entrepreneurial, it's the investor side. It's more, you know, how to pick up women, how to handle women. It's a they're very important life skills. Yeah. Yeah, transitioning from the employee mindset to the employer mindset, you know, and I think that's very important for guys to understand, especially with the way uh, things are now. You know, I mean, hell, and we're we're fa- gonna hit. You know, the market's gonna. You know, at some point, the market will crash. Hyperinflation is here. You know, and that actually brings me to the next thing I wanted to ask you about was how did you get um, into real estate? And for me, this is a soft spot because a big reason why I got into real estate was because of your book. Um, your book, I remember, and I'll give you a quick little story here. So I'll never, I'll, I'll, no one, I never told this story before, but I, I, I should, I should say it. The year is 2000, um, 2018, right? And uh, I, I used to be an, an agent with Homeland Security Investigations. I used to do criminal investigations, and I was transitioning from my field office in Laredo, Texas, to the Miami field office. And I know I'm like packing up my desk and ready to take that long drive to go over to Florida and I'm looking at like condos and downtown Miami. I'm looking at, you know, all the, I'm like, yeah, I want to, cause I'm in the desert, right? I've been in the desert investigating Mexican cartels for four years, human smuggling, human trafficking, gun trafficking, all that stuff. So I was like, dude, I'm going to go to the, where it's nice and sunny, not morbidly hot and heat, uh, you know, super um, dry. We're going to go into the, you know, the beach and the sun and everything. So I'm like, I'm going to get a condo. I'm going to get girls. It's going to be lit. And one of the agents pulls me aside and he's like, Hey, listen, man, I want to buy a condo in Miami, man. The HOA fees are crazy not a good you know return on your investment blah 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 because i was gonna buy a condo and i was like and he's to me i'm like you know i'm 28 years old at this point i can't wait to get off the border and i'm like what the hell are you talking about man he's talking about investing cash flow all this other stuff and i'm like what is this nonsense and he hands me your book robert he hands me your book he says read this book and i'm not gonna lie i read it and i was like ah, this ain't for me close it up went to florida right went to miami and i uh 
I go through some some bullshit at work. You know, pretty much I was, uh, you know, I, I was the subject of an internal investigation. I got cleared for it, but it was some BS allegations. Um, but during that time, I had to realize, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue being an employee and worried about maintaining your job and that security, right? And your 401k, which for us is the TSP thrift savings account. Or are you going to, you know, bet on yourself and start a business? And I started a business and your book was one of the first books I read. And I told myself, hey, I'm going to scale this fitness business up. And when I get money, I'm going to start investing into real estate because now what's been established to me is that you don't really have security when you work for someone else, but you always have security when you work for yourself. Yep. And I opened that book back up and I started reading. And uh, I finished the book, listened to it again on Audible. And that book was a very important um, piece of literature for me, man, during that transition where I was in a really dark place in my life where I thought I was going to lose my job. I thought I was going to get in trouble, you know, because when you're under internal investigation, if you lie, when they bring you in for your questioning, you can get charged with, with you know, it's called 1001, which is, you know, false statements. You know, it's what they hit Martha Stewart with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously I told the truth. I got cleared of everything, but it made me realize, hey, you're not really secure like you think you are. And uh, your book was critical in helping me, you know, realize that and escaping that employee mindset. So I want to personally tell you, thank you on air for that, because that got me through a very dark time. Well, oh. thank you, because that that makes me the happiest. You know, why do I do Why do I like my work is when I talk to young guys like you and women about how you know. I was telling you when I talked to the English teacher. He says, you can either take the job security with Standard Oil. Or you can go fly in Vietnam. And we all come to those forks in the road. And that's what happened for you. You're at that fork in the road. Yeah. And as a young guy, you probably have about 10 more forks ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. You but know, I'll say you definitely helped me navigate that yeah. first fork. And, and you know, in this year alone, Robert, you know, I mean, this is crazy for me to even tell you this. Like, I, I would never think I'd be talking to you on air and telling you I was able to buy six properties this year, you know, and uh, I just closed on three last week alone because I had been under contract for one for forever. But uh but no, man, I mean, your your book was a huge inspiration for that. And I was just going to ask, how did you get into real estate yourself? Well, that's kind of a long story, but uh, let me explain something else to you with using sure. this here. Sure. Okay. This is book number two. What most people, there's two things about real estate, debt and taxes, mm. debt and taxes. Now, you know, guys like, I don't forget his name, but anyway, when you look at an employee, this is all over the world, the employee pays 40% of their income in taxes. I don't care where you're in the world. It's pretty standard. Mm -hmm. A doctor, a lawyer, or a small business guy, like a guy who owns a little taco stand, mm -hmm. he or she is paying 60% in taxes. So one of the hard things about people starting their business, so they quit their job and they move down here. Mm -hmm. So my rich dad explained that to me. He says, you see, that's the trap. That's the trap. So here I'm, I'm, I'm 28, sorry, 27 years old, still a Marine. And I said, so what happens on this side? He says, on this side, these guys pay 20% in taxes. And I said, what do these guys pay? He goes, zero. Zero. <laughs> So here I am, 27, 28 years old, going, 
And the reason that inspired me to move over here is because I wanted to come on this side. The mm -hmm. way you pay zero is real estate. Bam. Now let me let me let me because because uh, I, I I you know I love you and Rallo and Rich Cooper and all you characters. <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot from you. Yeah, that's all those guys. I really learned a lot from you guys. Like you know, like what um, one of the Rich or Rallo says, you know, the ideal male is six feet, six pack, and six inches. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, two out of three ain't bad. You know, I'm Japanese. <laughs> Yo, you should have heard him Arola talking. It was like watching your idol talk to your other idol. So funny, man. Yeah, we're talking in person. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, let me give one more thing. So the other, yeah. other way, I think Rich Cooper says it: six feet, six pack, and six figures. Yeah, or a hundred thousand a year. So that sounds good mm -hmm. on this side here. Yep. But everything is opposite. You see, we the universe or the world or God, everything's in two. We have two eyes, we have two ears, uh, we have two hands, two feet, stuff like everything's in two. So on this side here, it's opposite. Mm -hmm. So for me, so when when whoever you guys say six zeros or whatever, six, you know, hundred thousand. The trouble is you, you'll pay 60% in taxes. Yeah. Now, if you're on a real estate side here, my numbers are different. I want to, I'll give you the number. It's all in the zeros. So mm -hmm. if you have $100, that's two zeros. Mm -hmm. You have $1,000, three zeros. If you have 10,000, it's four zeros. You have a hundred, what, hundred, Hundred thousand is five zeros, a million is six zeros. Mm -hmm. On this side here, I wanted nine zeros, a billion. Mm -hmm. I was not going to be a rich man until I made a billion here in debt. Okay. So the reason I could get there faster using real estate is who else is going to lend you a billion dollars? <laughs> So I, I celebrate. I'm, I'm I'm six feet, six pack, and nine zeros. <laughs> Clever. But the more zeros I have, and this sounds opposite. It's completely opposite. Okay, you have a left foot and a right foot, right hand, left hand, two eyes, two ears. On this side here, I want as much debt as possible. Okay. So it's opposite. I know Dave Ramsey says live debt free. Yeah. That's good for these guys here. Yeah. But on this side, it doesn't work for me. So when I was, so when I was about 27, 28, about the same age you are, were, I had to learn how to invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to the MBA program, I started taking real estate courses mm -hmm. and I had to find the best teachers. Yeah. So I was 27 and this guy says, he was a, he was a good teacher. I was still in the Marine Corps. And I said, well, how do I learn to buy something for nothing? He says, when you do that, you will be a rich man. Mm. As the same lesson my rich dad taught me. He says, when you don't need money, you're a rich man. There you go. Okay, yeah. so when people say, why do you invest in real estate? It's because you can use debt and you pay no taxes. You got to understand that my the book I recommend is called Tax-Free Wealth. Very good book, Tax-Free Wealth. 
written by my personal accountant, Tom Wheelwright. Yeah, Tom Wheelwright, yeah. Yeah, get that book, you'll see a whole different world. What you'll see is the world on this side. Mm -hmm. And the other books are by my business partner, Ken McElroy. It's the ABCs of Real Estate Investing, the ABCs of Property Management, and the Advanced Guide to Real Estate. You open your mind to this side, you'll know why you want as much debt as you can get. Whereas Dave Ramsey, and he's it's it's not a good friend of mine, but he's a friend of mine, he says lift debt free. Yeah. The trouble is you just pay fucking taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so yeah. the reason it's real estate more than any other asset class, it's debt and taxes. The more mm-hmm. debt I can get, the more cash I make, the less tax I pay. Bam. It's called capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true fantastic i'll read some of these donations real quick and then we'll get right back to it guys i hope you got your notepads and you're writing this down man because this that's very important stuff because that's not what school teaches you school is not going to teach no. you to take on debt and i want to definitely go into that a little bit more especially uh with with real estate so uh native Arain, uh fire content piece mr robert oh, city boys we out here okay josh miso my dad made nope read that one uh Okay, and guys, we're gonna read uh, twenty and up, right? Yeah. Just, just, uh, just to make sure that we stay efficient here. Uh, shout out to the greatest OGs, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, a man of real wealth and wisdom. Uh, people, get your crowns out, share the damn video, read all your books twice, read all your books twice. You are my rich dad. Stay masculine. Hey, that's what we got here. Fifty bucks from Amos Brown. Thank you, Mister Kiyosaki, for your service. Your book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, changed my life. Absolutely, yeah. Tay motivates. Love the show, guys. Keep bringing the goats, Oli. We got you. Uh, and then we have time, guys. We'll do a short Q and A at the end. Uh, Hong Van Tran, thank you, Mr. Kiyosaki, for your service in the Vietnam War. Uh, service in the Vietnam War because of men like you, we Vietnamese people now live better lives. Plenty of food on our table because of the opportunities the Western world have gifted us. And thank you, FNF fam, always leveling us up. Much love. And that's all the there way from go. Australia. Thank you. Renegade Wingman, Robert K in the house on FNF Phenomenal Podcast. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a fantastic read. Robert, uh, Robert, do you think we'll see the current inflation today pay out, play out as a repeat of what the U.S. went through in the 70s or would it play out? differently cheers sir well uh i'm going to, we're going to talk we'll about back. inflation so we'll don't worry back. about that great question renegade wingman i actually had that on my list uh uh no uh omo uh robert can you be my rich dad okay got you bro <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and that's from keontae win thank you so much and then franklin hello robert i'm one of those hex guys i believe you know my friends gary and miguel i want to thank you without your second book and board game i wouldn't have had the mindset to invest in hex I can now retire my parents. Congratulations to you. There you go. And then last one here, Seto Kaiba. Holy crap, Is Mr. Kiyosaki. My father gave me your book when I was 12, but I was a brat, so I didn't listen. But now I'm working on being successful to pay him back for being there for me. Thank you so much, Seto Kaiba. Um, so, uh, so, you get, so, so you saw this with real estate, right? And you started investing. Uh, what was the first property you bought? It was a one-bedroom, one-bath condo on, in Maui, right on the beach, $18,000, okay. nothing down. Nice. What what year was this? It, it, uh, 1973. 1973. Did you, and you got it with a VA loan? No money down? Did you, did you get it with a VA loan since you put no money down or? No, it's called negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's, it's, the, it's the same thing as when you pick up a young lady. Yeah. So you, you got, got the property. You've got to sell. <laughs> no, fantastic. So 18,000, you get, you get into it. And then what did you do with it? Do you immediately rent it out? Did you live in well, it? How can- well, no, I actually paid for it with a credit card. My limit was that high. So I paid for the credit card. It was 100% debt. And I made $25. That was an infinite return because I had none of my own money in it. Mm, it changed my life. 
you know, I started this program about those times that your life changes. Mm -hmm. And that was, I stood there going, I just made $25 on debt. Mm. And I, I, I thought, you know, I, I, I thought, I was, I thought it was Donald Trump. <laughs> and that's so, all, I want to let you know, that's all that guy does. Yeah. You say, hey, Robert, master negotiator. Do you He's ever show him? Guy. His sons are great people. Robert, did you ever show him? My uh, family hates him, but you know, that's them. Rollo's book. Did you ever give him Rollo's book? Uh, what's that? Did you ever give uh, Trump Rollo's book? Rational meal? I don't think he needs it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now that guy, that guy is one, he is more, he is more real in person. Oh, I, I believe mean, people get offended at, he's even worse in real life. <laughs> my my he, wife loves him. My wife just loves him because he's a real man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's no bullshit. He talks to women like he talks to guys. Amen. I, I don't care what anybody says. I think he did a good job as president. People can go ahead and hate me for saying that, but I think he did a good job. Um, but I will say this, though. So you get that first property. You drop 18000 in debt on it. And then how did you maneuver into the next property? Did you did you end up selling it? Did you just uh, buy hold it for a while? Did you pull equity out? Like, how did you? Well, that was a big mistake I made. The reason I don't, I don't flip, I've never flipped after that. I flipped it. So I went from okay. 18 to 35, approximately. Okay. And the trouble is that a taxable event then. Mm. And that violated every bone in my body. I don't pay taxes. Trump mm. doesn't pay taxes. Mm -hmm. If you understand that, that's my, that's my accountant's book, Tax-Free Wealth, and my, my real estate partner's book, Ken McElroy, ABCs of Real Estate, ABCs of uh, – the key is property management. And then the next is the advanced advanced uh, investment strategies. So just those those books are like twenty bucks each. You got a, you got you have an advanced degree. Yeah. Okay. And you know, like last week, we my my partner Kenny and I bought a thirty one million dollar apartment house. Mm. No money, all debt. Did you guys have to put any money into the deal at all, or were you guys able to raise the? How'd you guys? Raise this? this is this is this is a little bit. This is part of his third book, the Advanced Guide. So mm -hmm. let's say I have a property and it's a hundred thousand bucks, and appreciation takes it up to two hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. So I have a two hundred thousand equity position in there. If I take that money out, if I sell the property, I have a taxable event. Mm -hmm. So rather than that, we borrow the money out. Mm hmm. And all that debt is tax-free. Yeah. So what we do is, let's say we need $6 million for a down payment. We borrow it out of the equity of other properties. Mm. So we have zero tax event. This is his third book, The Advanced Strategies. So we've had, we have zero taxable event. We have free tax. We have three, free money to put the down payment to buy the next one. So that's how I'm a billion dollars in debt. Mm -hmm. And Bye. you'd be like Dave Ramsey and live debt free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I, so, um, because, and that's one thing also, uh, Robert, that I took really, uh, I took away from your books and, and I've always like, kind of like just been like using other people's money. And, uh, with all these deals that I've done, um, the only property I really paid off was I paid one house off, you know, for my parents 
Uh, yeah. And there was only there was like 60k left on it, so I just paid it off. Yeah, and I that's smart. Of it and we rented it out. But everything else, I used the bank. I put a you know a down payment, and I leveraged the you know I used the bank's leverage and you know got the got inside the property to make the cash flow. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was scared because I you know I uh, I had always been taught you know especially as a government employee, what do they teach you? Hey. Don't, you know, contribute the most to your TSP, you know, have a TSP Roth, have a, TS, a TSP traditional, you know, save money, hold cash. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't get into debt. And uh, the thing is, and, you know, especially don't get into mortgage debt. And, th- th- you know, that always made me think like, damn, I don't want to be in debt. I want to have a lot of money, cash in the bank, whatever. But then once I started getting into real investing, real estate investing, which I'm doing now, anytime I have cash, it's the opposite. Now I'm like, I need to get rid of this, you know, and I need to dump it into something. And I get, and we'll talk about inflation a little bit later because I, I definitely want your opinion on that. But uh, thank you for that. It made me realize I need to flip the script and get rid of this fiat currency. You know what I'm saying? And put it into something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, putting it into an asset and then being able to get that money out. Can you tell the people a little bit about? Because uh, we're talking about pulling out of uh, equity out of properties. You've done that pretty much. Have you done that since that first property you got? in uh in hawaii uh, for eighteen thousand, or no 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 you said you flipped it and you made thirty five thousand. what did you do with that money well that was the mistake mm-hmm. and so that you know for you know for a couple of years there was all these flip flip the properties flip this house and all this stuff and i just go i don't want to do that yeah mm. not that you can't make money at it but it's high risk you pay taxes on the flip it's called capital gains yes right Okay, there's three kinds of income, ordinary portfolio, passive and portfolio is capital gains. That's taxable. I don't want to be I don't want to pay tax. I don't remember when when Hillary and Trump were debating during the 16, 2016 campaign. Mm -hmm. Hillary tried to nail him saying, and you don't pay taxes. And Trump looks at her. He goes, that means I'm smart. <laughs> it pissed off every peasant out there. <laughs> I, you got you guys would love that guy. I mean, yeah, no, so I, hey, hey, I, Robert, put put him on. To yeah, us, man. put him on to us. We'll man. take him. We'll, yeah, take him. We, we'll take him, man. Like I said, I think he did a great job because I was an agent yeah. when he was president. People yeah. don't get that. Uh, like I was an I was an agent when he was president, and he did great things for for law enforcement. He did great things for you know. Uh, he was he was pro law enforcement. He was pro military. He, you know, we we did really well under the Trump administration. You know, we made the most arrests. Uh, we got a lot of funding. It was good. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I I think he did a great job, especially by doing right by government employees. You know, actually, he definitely took care of them. Uh, quick, he gave raises and all that. Quick story, real quick. So so Robert, actually, I follow your book and um, Donald Trump's book at the same time. And it's funny, I did network marketing my first year into uh, business, right? And I made a bunch of money. But I failed terribly because I didn't know how to maintain a team. And I moved to the States and I was watching Grant Cardone a lot. I said, yo, he's, he'll be a great mentor for me. Let me go apply for a positionized company. He had a show called Whatever It Takes. So I'm on the show, right? <laughs> Confident. You know, I've been getting my mindset right. I've been reading books. And mind you, for network marketing, they take you to read a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. So I have a suitcase full of books. I have your book in there, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I have uh, Art of Deal, all these books, right? But I want to be reading Grant Cardone's books. Long story short, I go to interview. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm making it from the islands. I'm here in America. I'm going to be successful business owner. Right. So I go into the office, meet Cardone, meet his assistant. He's like, sell me the water. <laughs> I freeze up. I get nervous. I'm like, oh, crap. Sell the water. I'm not ready for this. Anyhow, long story short, I choke. I don't do that well. He says, you know what? Walter, you're a nice guy. You're never going to make it being this nice. Have a nice day. And that day, 
I'm not gonna lie. I sat in my car, I cried. But what, I, what happened was, I said, you know what? I got a choice to make here. Either I improve or I stay the same. And it hurt. Hanging out from when people that you know, like you look up to, you're never gonna make it. But I opened up the suitcase. I had the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I read that book, and or the deal. And thanks to that book, my whole trajectory of being in, employed was to save money to invest into real estate. And I, I bought my first property, and I made a killing off of me because I knew off rip I don't always want to be an employee, but the money I get from my from my job, I'm gonna put it into assets, give me cash flow. Mm-hmm. So shout out to your book as well, Robert, and then the deal because I was able to work on my my uh, negotiating skills and get things done. So I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's funny that we picked up that book at the same time when we were both yeah. at low points. And, I, was, I was struggling, bro. I didn't yeah. even know like where to go, but that helped a lot. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, so uh, so okay, so because I want the people to kind of see like your your how how you you know, became the, the real estate investor you are today. So you, 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 you took that condo, sold it, made your money back, you, you know, pretty much, uh, or you doubled your money right on the property. And, uh, and then did you, what did you take, what do with that 35 K? Did you use it and spend it on another, buy another property? Did you, uh, invest it into something else? What did you do? He got taxed on it though. Yeah. He got taxed on it. Yeah. So yeah. you lost a significant amount obviously as well, but. Well, it's, it's, it's not gross as net. So it's okay. Put it this way, you know, if you're a medical doctor, you make a million dollars a year, your yeah. net is 400000 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not smart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so um, that's what Trump and I were teaching. You know, he and I, he and I traveled the world together. You know, here in, he and I were in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore. He is such a good man. You guys would love him. Hey man, when you get on the show, man. <laughs> phone call, Robert. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll make do it happen. Man. And his sons are no bullshit either. So anyway, I'm not political. I'm not. I'm not pumping Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really pumping education. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you listen to a bunch of pussy school teachers, you turn out to be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So. uh so Robert, so um, I was going to ask. So, what is what is your prediction on the future of the financial markets as far as inflation? Is a crash coming? What are your overall thoughts on what's going? On? Obviously, we've printed a whole bunch of money in the past year thanks to this, you know, pandemic. What are your what are your future predictions? That's that's a really good question. Uh, my other friend is this guy named uh, Jim Records. He wrote the Dollar Crisis and I mean, um, in the new case for gold and all that. He and I got write another book together. Mm-hmm. Very smart guy. He was with LTCM, long-term capital management. He's a financial advisor to the CIA and mm-hmm. the uh, Defense Department. Mm-hmm. And technically, because he's much smarter than I am when it comes to economics, we're technically we're in a depression today. Mm-hmm. And what they're trying to do is pump enough money into it so the balloon stays afloat. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so they need inflation because the economy is deflating. Mm-hmm. The question is, how long can that last? I think a better question is, who's going to get fucked? Okay. Uh. <laughs> really? It's not, you know, you and I, you know, we can call Biden and we can call the Fed chairman. We can call, they're not going to listen to take our calls. Yeah. So they're going to do the same old thing. They're just going to pump more of this fake money into the economy, hoping it mm-hmm. stays inflated. Mm-hmm. But as Jim Records says, he says, it's not the M, it's not M2. It's not money supply. It's velocity. How fast is that money turning over? It's not turning over. People are saving it. Our savings mm-hmm. accounts are bigger than ever. Meanwhile, the balloon's coming down. Mm. 
So the question is, if there's inflation, will you get richer? And if there's deflation, will you get richer? Mm -hmm. So I'm planning it, you know, I'm not gay, but I swing both ways on this whole thing. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for if it goes up, I'm going to get richer. If it goes down, I'm going to get richer. That's so one of the reasons I like gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all that is because the Fed cannot mess with it. I don't mm -hmm. trust the Fed. And everybody says, don't fight the Fed. I'd rather be the Fed. I just yep. don't trust them. Mm -hmm. But I like the way they'll give money out. Mm -hmm. So the Treasury, which is Yellen and uh, Powell, the Fed guy, they give out so much money. I just go in there and borrow it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and the interest rates are so low. Oh, my God. Yeah. The right trouble now. is it's going to make the poor poor. Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what disturbs me. So, Robert, when you say that there's going to be no more middle class anymore um, once this, this is over, just rich and poor? Oh, what was that? Would you say that because of this, uh, what's happening currently and what's going to happen uh, perceiving that there's going to be no, no middle class, but only rich and poor, you would say? Yeah, but you'll also see homelessness increase. Mm. This was all. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson warned about this. He says that if you have a central bank, which the Fed is a central bank. Mm hmm. Is you'll see homelessness increase mm. because the central bank or the Fed, which is a third one, is only designed to make the rich richer. Gotcha. So that's why guys like me make so much money is because the only way money comes into existence is I can walk up and borrow 30 million bucks. The average guy can't get a credit card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the gap gets wider and wider and wider. Yeah. Because so many people went to school and they tried to get this job. And then the taxes rip them to shreds. And then they fire you if you don't take the jab for the, for the COVID shot. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't wear a mask, they screw with you. Mm -hmm. So they just mess with you. So as a, a Marine Corps veteran, I came back and I said, nobody's ever going to do that to me again. Nobody. Mm -hmm. right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Sheesh. So you, you see, so you predict that the disparity between the rich and poor is just going to become even greater and yeah. uh, and if people so what can people do to kind of prepare for this? So they start dumping their money into into real estate, into precious metals, crypto, uh, cryptocurrency. I see that you're diversified, which is fantastic. So you pretty much are prepared for anything. Uh, what do you think people should do? Well, I got taken down from Twitter, or one of those guys, because I said what I invest is gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum and bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. You think about it this way. Do you remember just a few months ago you couldn't buy a bullet? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about well, this on Timcast podcast Tim that, 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 yeah. uh, that firearms and, and, and ammunition is, is going to go up in price as things let, become less and less stable or things if things get crazy. Uh, you know? And you, you know what? Uh, who was it? Uh, this character says, you know, I, I, I'm going to shoot you. But first, I, have to, I, I got to buy a bullet. I can't afford a bullet yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. So I, made, I made a fortune on bullets in this last, about six months ago. Mm. I bought a pallet of 5.56 five, or what, you know, what we carried in Vietnam, the 223 ammunition. Yes. Mm. I had a pallet of it. I bought it for seven cents a round and I sold it for $1.20 a round. Whoa. Whoa. That's amazing. Holy crap. A million rounds. Wow. Whoa. That is crazy. Man. 
it's yeah. funny because we, we have a lot of friends right are successful millionaires and they have like a bunker full of like ammunition guns and it's like yo like if people need it where do they go to yeah. you yeah. So supply and demand. Is that a taxable event when you sell a bunch of ammunition? <laughs> no it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just helping. Some, I was just helping some friends out. Yeah, there you there go. You go. I, it, it was it was really funny, you know. Not too long ago, I go to the Shishi bar, you know, for all the yuppies in Arizona, and I'm carrying freaking ammunition in there. <laughs> Hey it man, do, you gotta do what you gotta do. My dinner, right. my drinks, and all this. <laughs> so, um, so gold and silver, because I, I I don't see a lot of people talk about this, and I kind of wanted to get your take on it. I actually bought two two hundred ounces of silver myself. Uh, you know, shout out to Aaron Clary. He advised that I, I do that. Um, what are your thoughts for someone that wants to, as a beginner, that wants to potentially get into into uh, precious metals? What do you uh, think the, a good, I guess, starter kit, for lack of a better term, with precious metals would be? Okay, number one, you want to, the reason you want gold, silver, Bitcoin, and bullets, you don't, you don't want to be part of the Fed or the Treasury. Mm. You want to be outside the system. And silver is my favorite for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> gold is for storing. Mm-hmm. So I hold my, well, I have a lot of gold. But silver is for spending. Okay. Silver and bullets. So if the shit hits the fan, and the dollar is all in pieces or it's all screwed up, people will always accept silver. Mm. So I can go and buy food. I can buy whatever you need to buy. So mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Gold is for storing, saving. Mm-hmm. Silver is for spending. So I have thousands and thousands of gold, e- silver eagles and gold eagles. But if I have to run, I'm carrying the gold with me, and, but I'm going to spend the silver. Gotcha. Okay. Wow, fantastic. Um, how much do you think someone should buy in, in gold as, as a beginner? Roughly. I, I don't really have that. You just start. You know, you find a gold dealer, someone mm-hmm. you can trust. Stay away from what they call numismatic. Okay. Say, oh, this is a rare coin. But you, how do you know if it's rare or not? Microscope. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. want something that's uh, – the word is li- liquid. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's acceptable anywhere in the world, anytime. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I can take my silver to uh, Hong Kong. They'll take it immediately. Take my gold. They'll take it immediately. And Robert, what does success mean to you? Huh? What does success mean to you? That's a good question. That, that today, at my, I'm 74 years old. Mm. The happiest thing for me is when young guys like you tell me you, they read the book. Mm. That's what it means. Okay. It makes me the happiest. Yeah, I saw your face light up whenever we mentioned about the book or someone commented about the book. You were like all ears. Yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah. you know, that's what my rich dad gave me. Mm. He gave me knowledge, gave me wisdom, he gave me spirit. He gave me the fuck you attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, on cryptocurrency? What's that? I, I, I heard that you mentioned earlier uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, which I'm a huge fan of as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on uh, cryptocurrency getting into it? Uh, coins that guys should look at. I know you mentioned two already, but uh, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency as a whole? Well, I, I, I am really terrible with crypto, so I, I wouldn't ask me. I just, it's not so much crypto as what price did you buy it at? Mm. So I, I, you know, I bought Bitcoin late. I bought it at 6,000. So today it's about 60. So I'm okay. So it's gotcha. always what was the price of entry? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're buying it today at a hundred thousand, you might be late. Yeah. Same as real estate. No, it's no different. Yeah. It's not when you buy, it's when you sell. I mean, it's not when you sell, it's when you buy. So a lot of the times I, I need to be early. As I was early in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I'm very happy. I like both of them. I think Ethereum's better than Bitcoin mm -hmm. just because it's more practical as far as I understand. Yeah. But I like silver because it's practical also. And, mm. and silver is 50% off its all-time high. Its all-time high was 50. And today it's 25. I have 200, 200 ounces of it. Do you think I should get more? I would. Okay. Well, it's either Ethereum or silver. Okay. Mm. You know what I mean? And you never plan to, you hope you don't have to spend it is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do, you're ready to go. Gotcha. Okay. I, I, that, I just learned a bunch there because with precious metals, you know, I kind of got into it, but I don't know too much. I didn't know that silver is what you spend and gold is what you, you know, you save. hold, which, what you save. And is there a reason for that? Is it because just gold, I guess, is uh, not as widely accepted? Or is there a certain reason why gold is, is hold versus silver is spend immediately if needed? Well, gold and silver are God's money. Mm. You know, God put money. I'm not really religious, but, you know, gold and silver are part of the elements. I mean, they're mm. part of the periodic table. They'll be here for a while. <laughs> gotcha. You know, and I, I started a gold mine in China, a gold mine, and a silver mine in Argentina. Mm. And my gold mine in China went to a billion dollars, and the Chinese took it. Mm. So wow. I, I found out, as a young man, I found out the hard, hard way, the word called nationalization. Mm-hmm. They'll take it from you, which is communism. Yeah, exactly. So I found out the hard way, but that's life. Well, I'll anyway, tell you this. Uh, if the government takes it from you, then you know that it's valuable, right? <laughs> yeah, but that taught me a lesson is that uh, I was in Singapore once at this private airport, and I saw this, like, a Learjet pull up, and the guy just opens it up, and these cases of gold comes off. I went, holy mackerel. The door shuts, jet's gone. And I went, that's for me. Hmm. So today I own a Lear 60 and my gold is stationed at different parts of the world. Wow. And as a, when, when people say, aren't you afraid the government's going to come after you? I said, well, they probably are just because I piss them off. But uh, you know, that old saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Because I have a Lear 60 and my gold is offshore. <laughs> oh, boom. <laughs> Prepared, man. Prepared. <laughs> Prepared. Super chats? Are you yeah, yeah. I could read uh, some of these real quick. And Robert, let us know. I know you said you're tight on time. If you got to go, you know, please let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll end it okay. as soon as you need to go. No, no, uh, I'm, 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 I'm ready. It's just enjoyable, you guys. No, thank you. And this we, is we an honor to too. speak with you. It really is. Yeah, because it's funny. He's as funny in person as he is on yeah. camera. Like and, Robert is hilarious. And Robert, I'll say this. You're a very personable guy. You obviously have friends in high places. Did you read the book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. It's a very important it, book. Yeah. Very you know, important. I, I'm glad you guys study so much, you know. Oh, thank you, if man. I, we, I, we could plug my, if I could plug my next book coming out in yeah, December. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right okay. now. Go ahead. It's called The Capitalist Manifesto. It's and the positioning statement is uh, how to fight communism taught in our schools by teaching capitalism in our homes. Bam. We've got to fight back. School teachers are communists. I hate to say that. My whole family is communist. 
Would you say that the because I, I, I agree with you on that, uh, Robert. I, I went to Northeast University in uh, in Boston, and we all know the Northeast is you know pretty woke. And uh, this is right in the middle of downtown Boston. You know, it is what it is. And and back then when I graduated in 2013, it was already had that weird agenda, you know, of, you know, let's, you know, everyone is woke. Everyone's feelings are very important, blah, blah, blah. And it's gotten significantly worse as I've gotten older and, you know, and left college. Uh, would you say nowadays that that university is almost a, like a socialism indoctrination camp? Amen. Mm. <laughs> They're not bad they're not bad people. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? They just don't know how to make money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my whole family, they're socialists, Marxists, communists, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrible, but they just don't know how to make money. Yeah. So they get angry at the capitalists. So I read, I read the Communist Manifesto in college, and what he says is coming true today. Hmm. What Marx said in 1848 in that book, The Communist Manifesto, is coming true today. So you read this book here. It's, it's a lot bigger book. This is a, a rough copy I've pushed out. But it's coming true today. So if, it goes in four stages. Let me real quickly. It goes into yeah, the first stage. We get, to, we get to capitalism. And then what Marx predicted is that there would be a stage one after communism, after capitalism. That was Communist Manifesto. So the Communist Manifesto says after cap- capitalism would come socialism. Mm. And socialism would be introduced to the United States via education. And so that we have postmodernist education now, you know, all this other bullshit uh, subjects are teaching and all this stuff. But s- stage two, stage one just ended. Socialism is complete in America. That's why guys like my age, we all need social security. We need Medicare. You guys are going to pay for it. We mm-hmm. have kids deeply in debt. Mm-hmm. Socialism was complete in 2020. The president of the United States was taken down by taking away our freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So I, I was watching this, and the, the subject I studied in 1965 at the academy, I saw coming true. So when I was reading the Communist Manifesto, I said, oh, my God. So in 2020, when I saw my friend Trump get taken down socialist media, you know, the I mean, what's that? Facebook can censor you and all these guys censor you. I'm going, what's yeah. happened to us? Mm-hmm. But stage two is happening now. And stage two is violence. Mm. That's when uh, socialism goes to communism. And what happens at stage two when socialism takes over communism, I mean, communism takes over socialism, they kill the teachers. Mm. Well. You know why? It's because the socialists are pussies. So historically, when you look at the number of people they murdered, every time communism took over, they kill the academics. Histori- I'm, not, don't, I'm not saying to do it. I'm saying yeah. that's what, what has happened historically. That's what's happened. Okay. And Robert, and Robert people are asking, we're at there right now. Where, the, where can they find the book to purchase? Uh, they want to know where to find it in the chat. Your book. What's that? Where can they find your book to purchase? The uh, it comes out in about two weeks. Two weeks, about okay. Two weeks. okay, yeah. Because guys, yeah. guys in the chat right now that are watching, and there's yeah. 2,800 of you guys in here. Plus, guys, like the, like the video, man. Y'all getting a lot of gems right now. You guys have a legend in your presence right now. Uh, so please like the video. And with the book, do you have a release date exactly for it, uh, Robert? So okay, Yeah, I want to say one more thing. Okay, the last, step, the last step of communism is this. It's called uh, government. 
government Bitcoin. Mm. And when that happens, we're fucked. Mm. So the government Bitcoin is going to take over. Then it's Big Brother is watching. They got you. So my recommendation for people, I could be wrong, you know, but I'm paranoid ever since Vietnam, <laughs> is that you want to be in gold, silver, Bitcoin, or Ethereum and bullets. You want to be outside the banking system. Gotcha. Because when it goes to GovCoin, they can bypass the commercial banks. So it goes straight from the Fed to you. The Fed to you. Whoa. That's big brother. That's the future. That's my prediction. And so that's what this book here, Capitalist Manifesto, is about, is as soon as they go to government, what do they call it, government, cryptocurrency, whatever they call it, GovCoin, we're mm-hmm. finished. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll read some of these donations real quick. Uh, okay. So, and we're, guys, we're only reading 20 and up. Uh, Robert is amazing. Bought all his books when I was younger. Now a successful business owner and financially free. Study Robert's teaching teachings wishing you the very best thank you jonathan farley trump will love my essay lift every divorce and sing for the baltimore sun newspaper about why african-americans should have given trump a chance okay jonathan farley thank you for that thank you so much appreciate that cad uh 70 bucks canadian cal Cal, sorry uh he goes thank you robert kiyosaki for the amazing book rich dad poor dad life-changing work thank you myron walter producer chris and engineer trey and team for having the rp godfather of finance on the number one podcast in the world Hashtag gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Okay, thank you. you. Schmeebles, main reason I'm moving to the United States, getting property, and I'll be reading those uh, advanced strategies, rules books. Appreciate the book recommendations. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Changed My Life. And that's Schmeebles all the way from Australia. Australia. And we got our boy Bulldog Mindset in the house. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Changed My Life. Awesome to see Robert in here. $100. Guys, go subscribe to his channel. That's a homie of the channel. Shout out to uh, John John Sonmez from Bulldog Mindset. And then we got uh, Gina Smiles. Have you read How to Win Friends and Influence? Yep, he definitely has. Uh, and then we got uh, Eric Purcell, uh, $100. Uh, he goes, AXUSD for the win. Thoughts on Forex. Great show, gentlemen. Okay. Uh, RDPD, great, bo- great book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then Avery Jones, where slash how exactly does someone brand uh, new to precious metals looking into buying them as in a person dealer, an online website, where, how, and where do you begin looking to buy these? Okay. Uh, Red Dawn, 100 bucks. I have a question. New to channel. I'm sitting on 150K in the bank, and I'm not sure what first steps I should take and afraid to make all the wrong ones. Any advice? Hey, man, real estate ain't going nowhere, my friend. Yep. Uh, and then you got uh, – see, and you got more than enough to put a down payment on a really nice property that will cash flow for you. COTG, Robert, it is amazing to have you, uh, one of my mentors, over to your house. Shout out to Gary, AK Funding, Jim Hex. <laughs> You guys. And then we got Jonathan Farley, $100 again. I can copy edit the Capitalist Manifesto. I'm the best copy editor in the English language. I found typo in the secret. And I think I found the one in secret hero. Danica McKellar asked me to proofread several of her bestsellers. Well, I don't, uh, if he needs an editor, he'll reach out to you. Uh, but, uh, okay, so what was I going to say here? So inflation. What are your thoughts on inflation right now in today's day and age, uh, Robert? Because I've I've noticed it significantly just from like buying – Diet Cokes and Coke Zeros that it's went up significantly, um, and I and, you, and I'm only 31. I'm sh- I'm sure you've seen it, you know, a far larger trend uh, over your experience. What are your thoughts on on inflation? It's the same thing. Inflation is a tax upon the poor and the middle class, mm. but inflation makes the rich richer. Mm. So if you understand that, you'll you'll you won't be buying that Coke Zero. You might buying some silver instead. 
Uh, <laughs> well, now after this talk with you, I'm going to go ahead and definitely get some more silver. I bought 200 ounces thinking, hey, that's good. You know, I'm at beginner level, but I'm definitely going to go get some more. Now, where can people pick up uh, precious metals such as gold and silver? Yeah, and where can they get it? Well, no, you've got to be careful and be careful the dealer. Every dealer is going to sell you what they call numismatic, which is okay. collectible coins. It's all bullshit. Okay. That's like, well, this stamp is worth more than that stamp. I'm going, well, how do I know? Mm-hmm. So I would personally, I, I don't buy numismatic or precious metal. I mean, collectibles. Yeah, okay. Remember, gold and silver are God's money. They were put here by God. Mm-hmm. So gold is for saving and silver is for spending. So if you have to pick up your bag and run, you're carrying gold and silver. Okay. So you can spend and, you know, survive on the road. Plus, you have bullets and all that. You know, I, I carry full autos. <laughs> Second Amendment is a wonderful thing. Listen, yeah, man. I don't, I don't waste my time with uh, Glocks. They're too slow. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, <laughs> that's what I have. The Glock. That's I, all my, I still got my, uh, my, my weapons from the G. Uh, so I'll say this. Um, so real estate, me and Fresh are both involved in real estate. Obviously, you're an expert with real estate. In these times, should people be looking at multifamily? Single family, commercial, condos, condos. What, what's your what's your thoughts on real estate in today's day and age, twenty twenty one and beyond? Well, first of all, I don't buy condos because of exactly as I said, the HOA. Agreed, agreed. Yep. Okay. Now the other thing too is you you better please get educated first. Buy my friend's books, the ABCs of real estate investing. It's that costs you sixty bucks. It'll save you a lot of pain and effort. The most important is the ABCs of basic investing, property management. And then the advanced strategies. And then that goes with my uh, uh, accountant's book, Tom Wheelwright, Tax-Free Wealth. I'm not saying to do that. If you don't want to buy those books, follow Dave Ramsey's advice and live debt-free. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So they have two routes. You know what I'm saying? They can Either or. They can do, they can and, do either And this or. one more thing. As young as you guys are, you'll make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. But that's how you get smarter. Absolutely. Yeah, we made it. By that time you're my age, I've made so many fucking mistakes. I'm pretty intelligent. (laughs) Yeah, I I did an episode yesterday actually on on the property I closed last week. Um, you know, when we had the audio issues and everything. And one of the mistakes I made, and uh, this will make you proud, I went to the same bank to do uh (laughs) to do two different loans, and I shouldn't have done that. I should have like kind of spread it out and used different lenders for different properties. And what happened was the bank originally said, "Oh, we can't do these two deals." Then they doubled back and came back because they wanted the debt. Right. And they wanted to lend me the money and they lent it to me, but they weren't able to, to do the other deal. So luckily I was able to find a lender through my real estate agent. But uh, no, I agree. Like definitely mistakes are always going to be made. And I we ended up we closing. It was a triplex, you know, uh, but. And Robert, how are you on time right now? Yeah. You need I got to go? my 10 more minutes. I got to run. I, I like triplexes. They're, they're neat. Yeah, that was, that was my first one on triplex. Yeah. Are yeah. you still are you still buying residential or are you only commercial now at this point? No, it depends on the deal. Okay. Like last week was $31 million for a place in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, my partner, Ken McElroy, the guy with those three books, ABC of Real Estate Investing. Guys, yeah. go get those books. I'm going to check can, them out myself. He can take a $31, $31 million property and turn it into $45 million. Mm-hmm. He can improve them. He doesn't flip them. There's a gotcha. difference between improving or value add, he calls it, and just mm-hmm. flipping the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So the things he does, like he adds washers and dryers to them, mm-hmm. jacks the rent up, 
buy some washers and dryers with debt. And that's all free money again. Mm. Smart. And he gets it through the so he does he ask for a bigger loan from the bank or does he get a separate loan? Like how it's does always he always loan? It's always debt. Just remember it's the US dollar is debt. The US dollar became debt in 1971 when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard. Mm. So today the only people getting rich are who are people who use debt as money. So I can borrow the reason I told you about, you know, I got what a billion dollars in debt is because I know how to borrow money. And other people like Dave Ramsey are saying, well, save money and cut up your credit cards. Like, Whoa, Tarzan. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but again, I'll start this whole program. You come to those forks in the road, mm-hmm. just like you did. You know, you come to that fork in the road and you take that road less, less traveled. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a big hairy bear waiting for you to eat you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you got to be able to sometimes run away from the bear and go to the other yeah. s- other side of the fork of the road and realize, you know, hey, you know, because I definitely made a few mistakes, you know, uh, with some of the deals that I did this year myself. You know, one of them, were, you know, like I said, I did the two loans with one bank and one ended up dropping. Another one is I uh, I didn't like double check the rent rolls with the Estoppel letter. So like one of the tenants actually paid less than what they were what they had said on Redfin. So, you know, I ended up losing a little bit of money on that, you know, as far as like what the cash flow was. But, I, I, you know, I calculate I always calculate at the worst. So I still was OK. I still was a positive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I agree. You know, you got to definitely like sometimes even go That's down the road. But guess what? Time. Yeah, you're smarter today. Yes, yep. exactly. Exactly. Man, you, you're smart. Every day you get smarter. And what the school teachers tell you to do is don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That keeps you stupid. Yeah, we, we've been a lot of thing there is. And we still would make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Even right now. Yeah. And that's no. why they're Marxists. They don't know how to make money. Hey, Robert, this is kind of off topic, just real quick. Do you believe in NWO, which is the New World Order? <laughs> What's that? Do you believe in NWO, which is the New World Order? I couldn't hear you. Oh, new, no, I, I, I don't. It could be. I don't know. I don't follow that stuff. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just a simple capitalist with a layer 60 with my gold stashed in different parts of the world. Okay. There you go. And I have a second passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be ready, man. You got you got to be ready. Uh, you know, I, um, my plane wheels up tomorrow at nine o'clock. I go see my best friend in, in um, Hollywood. He's a guy that sold his business for $2 billion. He is a hundred percent debt. Also mm. we've been friends since 1974. So a big part of it, who your friends are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's amazing because, you know, you, Grant Cardone, a bunch of guys that are huge in real estate always say that like debt, man. It's it's when it comes to real estate, it's it's your friend. And, 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 and I like how you mentioned, like the whole purpose of it is to mitigate your task, task tax liability, which is what the rich do. You know, a lot of people don't know this, you know, because a lot of people know, uh, you know, Donald Trump for just being a president. But he was he's an extremely savvy businessman and real estate investor. And that's where a lot of his money came from was from real, uh, real estate investing in New York, you know, and obviously in New York City, we all know is appreciated. It's extremely expensive to live there. But, you know, that's how he was able to make a lot of his money, which, you know, real estate never it always appreciates, even if the market crashes. So, uh, you know, guys, definitely uh, look into that and all the other stuff that we talked about, too. Yep. Um, 
So uh, you want me to read these real quick and then we'll close out? Yeah, we can close out from here. Okay, so I'll re- read the chats real fast and we'll close out. Uh, hi, Robert. If Donald Trump gets back in office, would you consider being on his staff on his administration? Well, that's a good question. 20 bucks. Would you, would you uh, Robert, want to be on the chief of staff there? <laughs> he said no. No, never, never. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't like politics. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Me either. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the media did their best to try to make him look, uh, you know, they cut and edited clips from his speeches, you know, to make him look a certain way. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Hakeem Kelly, definitely rewatching this podcast and buying the book. Thank you, FNF, for dropping this knowledge for us. We got you. Uh, you. Moonpilled Rational Ganger. Uh, beans, bullets, badge, bandages, and Bitcoin. Okay. And then we got Avery Jones, 20 bucks. How do you properly vet a precious dealer to see if they're good and authentic compared to other dealers? What things to look for and what questions to ask? So how would you vet a dealer, uh, Robert? And I guess this could be our last one on metals. You better ask somebody who already deals with them. Right. Mm, there you go. It's, 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 it's only common sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you find somebody who already deals with them. There's a lot of flakes out there. You, you mentioned a couple of guys who I wouldn't do business with already. But I know that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they're right or wrong. It's just I wouldn't do business with them. Gotcha. But and okay. and that's what and that's where the you'll start finding out as you go through life. Like I've been with my friend Kenny, the guy with the three books, twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Tom, twenty five years. We've made freaking millions together. I don't need any more friends. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. At that point, it'll be a liability. Wait, Robert. Um, Last question to close out. So, how did you find the RP space? Last what was question. that? How did you find the RP space? Which is how did you find Rolo? Yeah, Rolo, basically. I'm I'm afraid I don't understand the question. Okay, so our platform, right, is definitely in a in a space where it's not regular TV. But how did you find like Rolo's book, Rational Mail? How did you find us uh, in closing? Uh, the, the truth was, is my wife left me four years ago. Mm. And, you know, the, the biggest, I told, I said this to Rollo and to Rich Cooper, it was the best thing that ever happened because I never cheated on her. 35 mm. years, you know, I've had a lot of opportunity to cheat and fuck around and all that, but I never did. And that was the mistake. Mm. And I'm not saying the mistake was not to cheat on her. Is after I, I read Rollo's book and Rich Cooper, what happened was I got to be a big fat beta. Mm. You know, they call him a happily married man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what happened was she kept growing and I didn't. So it's exactly as Rich Cooper says, you got to chase excellence, don't chase women. Bam. Profound. Very true. No. Accountability Very true. to the max. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely and not. so what happened is, you know, I mean, it hurts. It still hurts. My, I, you know, 35 years have been together. I wouldn't be here without her, Kim. So she's a rich woman. And I, I, she made me who I am today. I have no anger at her. But the thing was, I slowed down, you guys. Mm-hmm. So as, exactly as Rich says, chase excellence. Be the high value male. Bam. There you, Do you go. Know what I mean? Always be the best. So I, I, I love Rollo. I love Rich. I love what you guys are doing. Because we need stronger men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We really do. Because too many men are being raised by single women, as you know. Yeah. Max. And that's not good or bad, but in the Marine Corps, we have words for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this and I'll read awesome this last uh, super chat here. Yeah. Um, this this was fantastic. Yep. Um, what's It's uh, we, it's uh, Jose Press, $200. We, cho- we choose cash flow over capital gains, and we subscribe to infinite returns on investment. 
Ken, Ken McElroy. McElroy. Thank you, Godfather. You saved my life with that program you and Kim did on Kose years ago. Thank you so much for that, uh, Jose. Big Jose supporter Perez. of your work, uh, Robert. So, Robert, where can the people find you? Well, I, I, I like to stay hidden, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> on social media, websites. Uh, obviously, yeah. your book comes out it's in two weeks. Com. I have a Rich Dad radio show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it goes down to the first word I learned at the military school. Mm-hmm. Mission. The Bam. same word I learned at Marine Corps. The mission. Mission is more important than money because mission is spiritual. Mm. And I only, you know, I only do this because it's part of my mission. And my best friend who sold his business for $2 billion, he learned that on the mission, the Mormon mission. And so those are the things that carry you the bad times and the good times, the goods and the bads. So as long as you keep your spirit, you know, and stick to your mission, support other people, don't fuck them over, you'll be okay. Never give up. Bam. Robert. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Robert. This is uh, still surreal to me that I was reading your book uh, about two years ago when I was going through that dark time, and now I'm talking to you, and yeah. you're saying that you you know, you know, watch us and everything like that. I I don't even really have words. Uh, Robert, next Thank time you. you come to Miami, we need you in here. Yeah. Like last time at the conference, me and Rolo, <laughs> we need you in the flesh. <laughs> To have you on the show, man. Yeah. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It was an yep. honor. Like, you don't even understand how much this means to us. Yep. Uh, thank yeah, you well. so much. And guys, he is Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Go get the goddamn book. And the new book. And then get the new Capitalist book. Capitalist Manifesto. Manifesto, which comes out in two weeks, guys. We'll catch you guys here in a few hours with some lovely ladies. Thank you so much, Robert. Peace, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. We're on this-